0: Welcome Sacramento soccer fans to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host Luis and today uh, I'm in a really uh, interesting situation here because uh, I'm joined by Sharon but I, I am going to be joined by Jared later on but Sharon's not going to be on here so it's uh, a <laughs> it's kind of like a little uh, rotation thing going on here too you know Sharon's going to be rotated for Jared so I'm keeping that word see I didn't say the other one because that's <laughs> almost prohibited now at this point but
1: well uh, Jared, jared's sure. keeping the bench warm for me when i sub out and put on the you know the vest the bright pink vest and then uh, right now jared's wearing the pink vest he's sitting on the bench waiting to to get in and uh yeah so then we'll switch and he'll put the the game uh game hat on game scarf on and he'll be joining in a little bit but Luis, so good to have you back Um, I know you were on vacation, so welcome home. First off, just want to welcome you back to California. I know you had a fabulous time away, but this is a podcast about soccer. Did you see any soccer while you were gone?
0: I did. I I was actually watching New Mexico uh, during a couple of different moments in the match there. I was uh, walking through the streets of Tulum in Mexico, which is actually pretty fun. Um, and then I saw RGB as I was waiting for a connecting flight so um, th- that was really great because uh, literally right uh, like I want to say like three minutes before the flight actually took off I was able to watch the last minute goal right Roro's last minute uh, on Saturday so yeah. perfect timing for that because I, I wanted to see us at least get a point <laughs> in that perfect. game because we, we had you know had plenty of opportunities to do so but Overall was great. Uh, I do gotta say though, um, I do not miss the humidity one bit. So if if there's one thing I came back from that trip uh, realizing is that hundred degree days aren't so bad here in California. So
1: (laughs) yeah, you know what they always say, it's a dry heat. So so much more tolerable than you know eighty degrees and humid. You know, I I, I know. (laughs) So so I know we always start off with. thanking everybody or encouraging everybody to if they're not uh dialing us in on social media or you know haven't made a comment to take a minute and get us loaded in their podcast arsenal go for it Luis you're the pro
0: yeah go lots of gratitude and I got a couple of them here Uh, first one goes out to you Sharon for taking over hosting duties uh, last time. Uh, I know that it's <laughs> it's always not easy having to, you know, figure out the order and gain all that squared away, but you did a good job with that. And and also to Tina for uh, coming through as our guest co-host for the day there. Uh, I was able to listen to it and I gotta, <laughs> gotta say that I was actually editing as I was actually on my flight. Um, it, it, it took me probably like a little bit longer to edit than usual, probably two to three hours. And uh, I was listening to you guys, I always say, right, in super speed mode, right? Chipmunk mode, as I like to call it. And uh, once I had it all pieced together, I actually went through and, and heard the whole thing in regular mode, right, once once it was on Spotify. And it was great. You know, you guys made me laugh a couple of times. So um, objective was accomplished, As as I know you always try to get us to laugh. So good job. <laughs>
1: Yay! I'm good. I'm
0: glad. And, and another one to Tina as well for uh, getting me a poster um, from Saturday's match because I realized that they were going to have the giveaway on Saturday and I really wanted that poster ever since I saw it because I want to frame it up. I want to have it here in my room in the background. And so uh, I'm really glad that I'll be able to to have that happen. So thank you, Tina, for for doing that
1: definitely a night to remember and the poster is called a night to remember <laughs> so it worked out yeah she was smart she grabbed a few um because she knew she you know for jared and and everybody so that was good um and she also had some friends that she was getting some for and i i think there's a way we could possibly even get more if we didn't if not everybody got one so that would be great
0: yeah and and then one last one uh, for all the Congratulations we got for episode 100 and uh, all the people who sent us uh, the recordings as well and just people who have listened to it. I mean, we've we've gotten a lot of listens already, just as I expected that we, we would with uh, all the guests that we had and all that. It was all really great. And thank you to all the guests who hopped on and you know made it possible for us to create this really special 100th uh, you know, uh, episode that we have. So thank you for that. All right, Sharon, uh, what do you have?
1: Well, for my galazas of gratitude, number one, just real glad that you're back. So (laughs) thanks for not staying in Mexico any longer than you did. So appreciate you coming back and appreciate you uh, piecing together all of the episodes. Even in your absence, you went ahead and did all that. That was awesome. Um, You know, as far as any any other galazas of gratitude, Right now, I'm drawing a blank. I, I could return, to, you know, later in the podcast if anything does uh, come forward in my brain. There were a lot of things that has that have happened over the past bit, um, from National Night Out to, you know, just having a great time on on Saturday. But it's like nothing has nothing is jumping right out at me right now. It's kind of weird because normally I have a few. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's all, <I> can say. <laughs> uh, all good uh you could you know, feel free to mention them uh, at any point as, as we move on here but I actually want to uh start things a little bit different than usual right and um we'll hear Jared's take on this uh after he gets rotated into this podcast episode here but let's start with uh our podcast winner dinner contest
1: yeah and you know what's so funny you still add up my score, my new score <laughs> and your score, and we still add up to you because of how things went. Tell us how things went, Luis, will you?
0: Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was kind of interesting because with two matches that we played over the last week, I I thought someone would at least get two points, right? Because there's a lot of opportunities for points, you got two games, and Yes, there were two points that were gained, but they were gained amongst uh, yourself and myself. So I was kind of surprised, right? But <laughs> that, that's how things go. And so um, Yeah, no, nobody yeah. got
1: a single point in New Mexico. I mean, who would have predicted that Kecko would have scored our first goal there, right? You know, yeah. we, we, we didn't predict that. Nobody nobody predicted that Kekko was gonna score the first goal there. So I thought that was uh that I thought that was interesting that nobody got a point out of that match, but then how you and I essentially each got a point for the um, home match against RGV.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that no one predicted two, one win against New Mexico. Right. Two-one seems like a, a pretty popular prediction, but alas, no one did. And so now the standings are myself 12 points. uh, You have seven points and Jared has five. Points so, like you said, your scores still add up, and (laughs) let's see if that stays consistent or if uh, you actually start to separate away from Jared and more closer to my score.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see for the predictions against Monterey. You know, I I have a good feeling about Monterey, but then I think they just brought in and I think they just brought in and signed a new player. Um, So we'll we'll see when we get to that point
0: how that how that works out yeah and when we get to the point of the final game right for the cup um uh, we're gonna have to probably create more point opportunities right maybe who's the first to (laughs) enter the stadium who's the first in line (laughs) right (laughs) who who gets that too right who orders their uh, food first at the stadium who gets booted
1: Uh, (laughs) out first for wearing their jersey in a non- uh i'm kidding i i think we've satisfied ourselves that we won't get booted out if we're wearing our jerseys in other parts of the stadium except for their fan zone which they call the wall you know it's like oh how interesting not really
0: oh, okay I- i'm glad we could put that topic aside and I-, I was going to bring it up at some point but i'm glad that everyone could uh wear their gear wherever as long as you're not in Opposition sections, which is understandable, right? I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't suggest for anyone to, you know, go to an away match and go sit next to the opposition. Uh, that that would not be advisable for any team. <laughs> but we'll see how standings are by then. But we'll definitely have more um, point opportunities until then. But uh, yeah, next uh, Saturday we travel to Monterey once again. Uh, 7 p.m. to play against them in um, a match that'll be I think really interesting because now we're going to see a different Monterey team I don't know if you've been seeing some of the recent results but they actually uh, won the last three games and they're on a pretty hot streak right now and I know even when we yeah, play against them that's what I them, just that's what yeah. I said I
1: think they brought in new players so it's going to be an interesting yeah yep it's going to be interesting
0: P- if... Playoffs aren't like completely out of the picture for them, too. Whereas when we first played against them, it it looked like they were really low. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm really impressed how much they've uh, bounced back. So it's going to be a whole different game, surely, uh, this Saturday there. But I'm curious to hear your prediction. And Jared's prediction will come on later on in the podcast. But what what do you have uh, for this match?
1: You know, the 2-1 thing keeps coming back. And, you know, I'm I'm feeling positive for us. So I'll go ahead and call that scoreline. What is your scoreline?
0: I, I, you're not going to believe it, but actually it said 2-1 as well. And I have it written down, too, if you want to see. Um, <laughs> it's, it's impossible I would have written it down that quick, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so
1: funny. Uh, is, is it 2-1 yeah.
0: and then Dougie scoring first. Uh, and if he's not there, then Keiko. That's one
1: funny because I'm picking Keiko and then Roro. So I, I have Roro. Keiko... Kecko scoring first, and then if he doesn't see the pitch, then I've got Roro.
0: Oh, okay, cool. All right. And as I said, Jared will give um, his prediction later on in the show here.
1: (laughs) Keiko's on a little bit of a hot streak, and we can talk about that when we break down the game against New Mexico. Are we ready to do that?
0: Yeah, we're ready to do that, too. So um, since we didn't have a podcast episode during the week, uh, thanks to episode 100 and me being out, uh, we're going to be talking about two games here briefly. Uh, first, uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about New Mexico in the match that happened last Wednesday. Uh, in a really great score for us, right? A comeback win, uh, 2-1, at a really difficult pitch to play at. Not just because New Mexico is a tough opponent, which they are, right? But because the pitch was pretty terrible, right? Sharon, I know you have your terrible. thoughts on it.
1: Is <laughs> Is that the word? is is that really the word we want to use? It was crap. Their field was crap. I mean, total crap. Even the announcers kept saying that when you're playing on a baseball diamond, essentially a baseball field, the grass is very long. And they were talking about how the ball was just dead. You know, the ball would be played and it would die. And it's like, oh my gosh, that reminds me of when I was, you know, young and Playing on these crappy fields where you you tried to kick the ball and there's weeds growing and everything like that and it's just like this long grass and you know you really had to work hard to get the ball out of the grass and I swear <laughs> to you these guys they were trying to make these passes and they had to like dig the ball out with a you know a shovel to get it out of the grass in order to play it so so i i i have a funny feeling a a lot of our ground passing was kind of ameliorated but and so we had to do a lot of error um we had to send the ball in the air a lot more than we normally would you know it'd be really great to have a, a a game played on grass uh, the uh, close turf I mean we're used to our turf where the the grass is very short and it moves the ball really moves and then and then to have this funky infield grass that wasn't even green um that was in front of one of the goals and you could tell that the players I mean like visually it's like oh so that aside it was wonderful to see us come from behind you know initially we were thinking oh my gosh you know we're we're not gonna we got behind in a goal. And typically the first team that scores is, you know, the one that wins. And so there was a, that feeling of, um, oh my gosh, they scored first and oh gosh, we're not going to win. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh no, don't even think about that. Um, you know, Danny Videolo was in goal that I don't think anything was his fault as far as how the goals, uh, the goal went down when Preston, uh, scored. But when we saw in just a few minutes after, like three minutes later bink all there's there's Kecko receiving a beautiful ball from um roro and just getting it in getting it home and then i want to talk a little bit about that second goal because the second goal was set up initially by Kecko who passed it wide out to ro who got it back into dougie and that was like a beautiful little setup and you know it's just like the nail in the coffin. And then we just had to sit, not, we didn't sit back and, you know, defend, but essentially once you go ahead, then you kind of sit back and defend. So all the goals came within a seven minute period, which is bizarre. So three goals scored in a seven minute period, go figure, put that down in the, in the uh, stat book as weird. Okay. what do you think?
0: I think I was really impressed by the fact that the team had really good response to that goal that we got scored on. And it's great for them to have that mentality where we get scored on and you just brush it off and you keep playing and you keep trying to get that tying goal. Not just that, right? But try to get the win because we're gonna need that mentality uh September seventh. Uh, because we might be under that situation. And you know, there's nothing worse than a team that psychologically gets so affected by a goal that they get scored on that, you know, they end up seeing more goals scored on, right? So I was really glad that that happened because, as I mentioned, New Mexico isn't an easy team to play against, right? I mean, right now they're sitting in fourth place. And getting the win there, I think, was really critical for us to be able to have a shot at being in the top three. And so I think we might be looking back at that victory and uh, kind of uh, signalizing it as like a really great thing that happened. So...
1: We've got two road wins under our belt. Yeah, Charleston was weirdo, you know, 4-2. We let two goals get in. But now we have two road wins, which is super critical for the squad to have a win on the road. Um, That's not been after last season. That wasn't our M.O. And now, you know, we went down we beat LA Galaxy on their field for the Open Cup. And then we beat New Mexico. We beat Charleston. So we're you, we're we're kind of sick, you know. We're we're the we're that team. You never know what you're going to get, but hey, we've got some road wins under our belt, right, Luis?
0: Yeah, and remember, I always said, right? We got to get some away wins uh, and do good at home. Try to win most of your home games, and you know, get get a couple of away wins, and you're set. You're qualified for playoffs. But if we want to be a top three team, then we definitely need to uh, bag more of those away uh, game. Uh, points and make it happen right especially I think after you lose points at home right we lost against uh, Birmingham you need to make those three points up somewhere (laughs) so doing that and not only just doing that but again doing it at a difficult pitch like it was in New Mexico is even more valuable to uh, get it happen and and also at Charleston I gotta say that even though uh, they are uh, one of the you know lower performing teams uh, in the east it's always difficult to play in an area with humid conditions and trust me i i know how that feels because i actually went out for a run (laughs) under those conditions last week and it's it's not fun you know i i now understand just how bad it is to (laughs) to have to run it and especially if you have to do it uh uh, during a 90 minute game that's got to take a really bad toll on you and and your lungs (laughs)
1: We, we beat New Mexico, and then we we fly home, right? This was a Wednesday match, and then we have to turn around and get home to play our home match. And so, you know, it's it was interesting to see how the coach kind of rotated the players through, correct?
0: It, it was, and I think I wasn't surprised when I saw that, right? Because against New Mexico, he started – Pretty much uh, the first team. Maybe if you put Nick Ross aside, everyone else—you know—they're—they're they're all uh, guys that I, I think, as long as they're healthy, we'll see them play during September seventh game. And that was great planning on coach's part, right? Considering Mexico is uh, higher in the table, and RGV—they're—they're they're a little bit lower on the table, and you're playing at home, and you know that's—that's that's another thing there, and and so. I wasn't surprised at that. And I wasn't surprised at the result either because right. we had a lot of starters in the bench and you can only ask, you know, the guys who did start to do so much, which, you know, they're great players and all that, but they're not used to playing with each other. So, right? So.
1: So, so let's stop right there. I got to talk a little bit about Lee Desmond's injury uh, in New Mexico. Remember he did his ankle mm-hmm. um, and he wasn't even on the bench for, um, and neither was Dan Casey were not available for selection um or they 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 didn't they didn't play i mean they weren't even on the bench for this last saturday's match but i think the the lee desmond um ankle injury cuz we saw it in slow motion it was like ooh that didn't look good mm-hmm. um you know i just hope that he has a quick recovery and that it was just a slight roll you know nothing major and that he's back training with the team i'm hoping um you know, and, and that we can see him again because he's sneaky, he's sneaky fast and -hmm. you need somebody like him in the back line. When things break down, you need a guy that can track, you know, when you don't have somebody like uh, Sosa or Jacker who are very capable in tracking back, but you know, Lee Desmond has this, the speed that the other two center backs don't necessarily have. They have smarts and they're fast and they're strong, but Lee's quite a bit faster and so it's it's making me a bit nervous, you know. It's kind of like okay, we're we're back on the road and we're going to Monterey. Are we going to see Lee in the future? Because he wasn't in the lineup this this last weekend at home against RGB. But Tiago, I think, did really good. Tiago Suarez, I think he was you know he was solid. I think Josh, our new um, uh, acquisition, our loan player, I thought Josh did a great job. Um, I know Connor again had his hands full, um, but thank goodness he was surrounded this last weekend with some guys that also know the system of play um Luis Fernandez and Matt Lagrassa. now being at the match this last saturday you know was it, i was able to see the reaction time of some of our players and i'm hopeful that we can build in better reaction time matt lagrossa always is in a good position sometimes luis fernandez forgets to react and he watches the game a little bit and so i'm hopeful that he goes back to his stellar form of anticipation because there were a few times that he was caught a little bit flat footed, not so much any of the other guys. um, But, but I I was watching that you cannot have, you know, somebody who's playing a D mid position or a, you know, a roving midfield, you cannot have somebody um, reacting. You have to have them actively involved in the match, you know, and shifting and covering and balance um, during the whole match. So it was only a couple of times that I saw it not, ranking on them at all want them on the podcast so don't take this personally Luis felipe if you're listening to this just remember that we we can see that we can we can see that we sense it um a little bit and so just tighten that up a little bit louise just a little bit tighten that up
0: yeah and like i said it wasn't going to be an easy game either right rgb even though yes they they're a little bit lower on the table than say New Mexico is too. You know, I think everyone has to consider that there's a team that wants to have a shot at playoffs. And it was really critical for them to get any points <laughs> out of the game. And so they were going to be like uh, putting out pressure during the whole game, right? And especially, I think, given the fact that we didn't have our, our A squad, right, the, the, all the typical starters, they were going to try and, you know, maximize their options. And the goal they scored was was a wonder goal, right? I mean, it's one of those shots that uh, more often than not isn't going to actually be a goal, but like, he hit it right. It went right to the spot where Saldana couldn't really do much, right? I mean, those shots are really strong uh, as much as it's going to expose.
1: You know, okay, so the whole game, they were nipping at our ankles. It was a nasty little game. I don't like playing RGB. Because they they they're like uh, they they're kicking our guys on the ankles, you know. If if our uh, the whole match the whole match they were kicking us and there was no call. We had that crappy ref. We've had him before, mm. and uh, <laughs> And so you know, so they get so they get the goal, so they get the goal.
0: <laughs> and you know, it, it happened similarly when we played at Rio Grande as well. If you recall that windy match where. They were just fouling us left and right, and referee was also pretty bad in that one, and yellow cards weren't shown at times. So yeah, it, it it is something that we've expected, I think, from <laughs> these games against them. um But luckily, you know, the team had their opportunities. They kept on going, and and as we mentioned in the previous game, right, even though we got scored on, they they, they were still right there, uh, you know, creating those opportunities. Uh, We had to wait till the very last minute, and uh, as was mentioned uh, by, uh, I believe it was um, Adam who mentioned it in in the broadcast, too, that, uh, you know, it, it just goes to show that if you're going to the game, don't leave early. Wait till the match is actually over because you might be missing out on... Uh, you know, potential tying goal, right? And I don't know if you noticed anyone leaving early, uh, Sharon, but oh, oh, yeah. I'm not surprised, right? People. Yeah, no, no, are... no. Uh... Yeah,
1: a bunch of people that <laughs> were sitting near me saw, you know, a few people leaving early, you know, on the 80th minute, you know, it's like, wh- why would you want to beat the traffic? Why not just hang out and let the traffic kind of die down and leave afterwards? It was, that's yeah, kind of, I'm not a leave early person unless I don't feel good, you know, mm-hmm. if my, you know, that's the only reason I would leave early or if it was pouring rain or if it was just unbearable or something, you know, but yeah, no, not going to leave early. You never know. And obviously <laughs> good old captain Ro, they Okay. So let's talk about the rotation real quick, Luis. You know, we started with a certain squad on the field, you know, with Zico and, um, oh goodness. All, the um, Zico Malik, uh, Quayo. Archimed and Sosa and also, um, Tiago. And then like, I forget at 65th minute, like right around the 65th minute. I remember Tina whispering in my ear. I think Luis Urbano is going to be happy with the subbing because the subbing started to occur at the right time. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so I know that you're happy about that. Um, and sure enough, you know, we had guys coming in, you know, we had Roe coming in, Kecko came in, Jack Gurr came in, thank goodness. Um, oh, uh, okay. And, oh, Zico wasn't a starter. He came in, right? Mm-hmm. And then Dougie came in, and it was kind of like, ah, so we've got some fresh legs, number one, and we've got a, a – and all the these guys that were brought in can run at the other team, at the opposition, and, you know, they suffered their share of fouls, those stupid tiki tack get the ankle – you have no idea how many times our guys were flopped onto the ground and they did not flop. You know, they were literally fouled and there was no call. Ah, oh, it was so frustrating. It was so frustrating for us to earn three yellow cards and them to only earn, what is it, two, two? I believe? Maybe four yeah. yellow cards in that. Um, um, go up a little bit. Yeah, I think we had five, we had five yellow cards. <laughs> Excuse me. Five yellows to their two, which is BS because they were they were kicking us left and right. You talk to any of the guys, they're going to have bruises. It was like a rugby match, but <laughs> it was officiated by this guy that he did the same thing. I we never see him again. Um, there were a lot of yelling from the stands, including myself, you know, rough, you <laughs> suck. Anyhow, so we in the in the dying minutes of this match. Luis, take us through it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad. They got subbed in at the right time. So, yes, I was pretty happy to to see that. And in, especially in response to just getting scored on 1-0, uh, you, you got to uh, have those players come in and, and try to salvage something out of the game, right? Because a, a point is better than no point, especially if it's at home, right? Because uh, we did already suffer our first loss before this uh, a home match at home. And so the last thing you need is like two consecutive... Uh, home matches in the league i should add right um to happen uh in the season especially as you're trying to close on trying to get more uh, points at home and you know roro got a perfect assist i mean it couldn't have been more perfect right and we know roro is always one of those guys that is moving directly to the right spot where he needs to be at and I mean, he pulls just a really great header. The guy knows what to header it too. I mean, he might not be tall. He might be as tall as I am, but he knows how to actually jump and header the ball. And and that's really great, right?
1: Yeah. And that was amazing. And, you know, it's so, it's so funny. Usually they say you head or you, um, so he was, he had, he, he and Matt LaGross are kind of on the same, on the same page. Um they say you you put it back across the face of the goal, the direction it came from, because the keeper, if, it, if he's tracking across, coming across the goal, he's going to be leaning in the direction the ball is coming across the face of the goal. So when you head it back or you play it back, typically you can get them wrong footed, the keeper wrong footed. But these guys actually found the, you know, the, the far side of the net, with the direction the keeper was already moving, traveling in. And so it kind of go it defies the law of natural progression of, of a keeper's body motion. But I guess keepers are getting smarter because you know they, they didn't they didn't miss. So he just stood straight in the center of, of his net waiting for the um, waiting for the ball to any missed. But if you look at who followed up, we got Dougie and Kecko were following the um shot they were following the cross and following the shot and i'm really proud to see that because in the past we've not always seen a follow the shot mentality but you see both kecko and dougie following the shot and that made me super happy to see that also super happy to see um luis felipe with the assist correct no jacker yeah
0: yeah
1: i saw the shoes Oh, my gosh. Okay, let me rewind. I, I, all I saw were white shoes, and I know sometimes Luis salute wears white shoes. And it's like, okay, rewind, rewind. Hey, cool yeah, does Jack yeah. Jacker Jack, with the assist, I think, is getting massive play on social media from his buddies and uh, folks back home. Because that was big time for Jack. You know, we've been wanting him to score a goal, and at least, you know, to have him get an assist. has got to feel really good.
0: Yeah, and that was such a perfect uh, cross by Jack. I mean, it, it, it couldn't have been any more perfect. Like, it was great. And, you know, they had a really good connection there with uh, Roro and and also by uh, two guys that were uh, rotated into the game too, right? So it really goes to show how different it is when you have these guys that, I, again, I call our, our A squad uh, versus when you don't have them on. Not that the players that are on aren't as great. I think they're just as great It's just, they haven't played collectively as a group for that long, right? Whereas our A squad, they've been playing in a lot of games and especially in some really difficult cup games. So they've gained so much experience that it's really great to see that we now have a consistent squad that when you rotate them into a match where they didn't start, they make a difference like within 30 minutes of being uh, in the match.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. it's it, it really shows and at the end of the day we really could you know like malik you could put him in the starting position you could put him in the rotation and he's going to make a difference himself uh, you know any one of our guys really could make a difference but you know at the end of the day we split the points with um you know with with rgv And off they went. They went home. Our players, only a handful of them went over to afterwards, over to Pete's. I know I did. You know, we were kind of expecting to see more players, but thank goodness Rose showed up and he was, you know, there was a lot of congratulations, good guy showing up and a handful of the other players showed up. It was nice. Domi showed up. I got to meet his folks or his mom and his mom's boyfriend. Um, It was really sweet. People are always so congenial and you know, Todd Dunvent was there and it was just nice. And then Briggsy showed up. Mark Briggs showed up a little later with his wife and, and baby. And um, kind of we closed the place down and or they did. I, I left early. It was great to see Tina and my friend Brett there, you know, joining me over there. And Martha showed up with her daughter and mm-hmm. um, they came with uh, Natalie. Natalie works the games. She's part of the production team. So I didn't know that they had a connection. That was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it all
0: worked out. Yeah, that's really awesome that you know you do those things post game, whether you win or not. Right. It it was a tie that did feel like a win, right. I gotta add, but it's always really great when you can still have those things happen. And I certainly hope, uh, you know, post September 7th game, uh, after the game, right, that you know they could have something uh, for all of us too. That'd be really great, right? Think about going somewhere after the game. Of course, if you're a champion, it's almost like we're not gonna sleep that night, you know let's let's go celebrate, but uh, even if you're not, I think it would be uh really good for us to still be able to uh you know i don't know maybe go go out to eat somewhere really late at night exactly. <laughs> pick, pick a Denny's it's open twenty four hours and <laughs> let's oh no,
1: go to a bar <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well,
0: whatever's open, uh, uh, I think it would be really uh, good if, uh, so. right
1: so. So here we are uh, now. Now you know we've gotten these games behind us. We're almost caught up uh, in games played with everybody else. You know, some some teams have 24 matches in hand. Some have 25, or one has 25 in our conference. Um, we're sitting with 22 matches, which is there's only a couple teams like us that have a couple games in hand. But at the end of the day, Luis, walk us through real quickly the. Um, how everything is is shaping up although I hate San Antonio don't even talk about them you know because they're like hands and feet fists over points wise everybody except for San Diego
0: yeah well I gotta say though things are looking pretty good for us in the standings um, and like you said yes we're finally almost catching up with <laughs> with all the other teams which is good so we get a better picture of where our uh, team is actually at right now But we're currently sitting in fifth place with uh, 22 games played, 37 points and directly above us. I'm not going to mention you already know who's in first place right now. But I got to add, though, that uh, we're not that far from them. I know it's a 13 point difference, but we are going to be playing against them. So we could potentially make that 13 a 10 point difference. So uh, we got to look at that as well. Uh, But other than that, we got San Diego in second place with uh, one more match than we do. 46 points, uh, just uh, nine points above us. Colorado with 41 points, uh, one more match than we do, uh, just four points above us. And then New Mexico right above us uh, with one more game than we do and uh, just one point above us with 38. So technically... You catch up to these teams that have 23 games played and you, if you get a win, you get to the 40 point range and you could go up to fourth place, just be one point away from Colorado and six points away from San Diego Loyal. So that's why I say that we're in a pretty good stance right now because, you know, we're not that far from that top three spot, which is really great, right? Because come playoff time, as we all know. If you are higher up in the table, you get to host more games in the playoffs. And not only that, but if you make it to the grand finale, and if you got more points than your East team counterpart, then you get to host the the big final. So uh, that's why we make such an emphasis on not just making playoffs, but trying to be as high as you're able to in the table um, so you get the benefit later on. Uh, but below us uh, teams are actually pretty far away from us and that's why I'm feeling pretty good right now because you got Las Vegas lights one more game than we do they have four points less and then you got El Paso with 33 points as well and they have uh, three more games than we do so they're pretty far off that you know it's it's good for us you catch up in games played with the rest and I think we're looking pretty good and of course much better than last season since we've already got a lot more uh, points <laughs> than last season we've already surpassed the points we got last season
1: and and one of the things that todd's a big fan of and mark is too is you have to peak at the right time you know granted you just toss san antonio out but when you look overall at you know our um our stats our you know our game stats we're looking to peak and we're the only team, we're the only freaking USL championship team still left in the Open Cup. So we have inserted what seven extra games into our whole entire dynamic. And so, you know, it's kind of like, do we peak around that point in time? Or do we and that's why we've got these extra players is we're getting them ready to continue the surge in league play. And a lot of people don't understand what the Open Cup and these extra matches take out of the players. It takes out a lot. And a lot of it is mental. It's Mm. not always the physical aspect of it. It is like this total mental expectation that is weighing on these guys that they have to kind of take a breath and realize that league play, league play, league play is critical and to figure out how to peak so that they're not peaking on September 7th with still four four or five more games left in the league. So it's kind of, Mark Briggs has his hands full. So does Todd to try to get that combination perfect. You know, and no matter what happens on the on the seventh, the guys are walked away with a hundred grand. You know, I wanted to let you know. I think I already told you that. Mm-hmm. You know, the twenty five thousand dollars goes off the table in mm-hmm. lieu of the fact that just showing up at the championship match, just showing up, whether you win it or not, you get a hundred, and if you win it, you get the three hundred. So the the dollar amount was a little shifty, I thought, you know, because we didn't get that 25. That just gets rolled into the 100 mm-hmm. if you make the championship. So anyhow, on that note, um, it's going to be a great weekend in Monterey. I, I don't know. Are you going to go?
0: Uh, I'm not going, no, but I know Will is actually going or our good friend, podcast friend here, William. Yeah. Gonna be I think making Scott the
1: Bradford him. might be
0: going yeah i think tickets um are definitely available so if anyone does want to go uh definitely go check it out uh i know we talked about it before when we went but monterey is such a great place to visit uh especially at their home venue Uh, i think it's it's good it just make sure to take uh as much sweaters as you can maybe take a blanket because it does get pretty cold uh within i don't know 30 minutes or so right because it started to get foggy
1: (laughs) yeah the minute the fog rolls in, it gets cold And listen, I don't know that I'll be going because there's a new podcast cat in town. And uh, that's a long time to be away from podcast cat unless I take him, which I don't think they'll let me bring my podcast cat into the stadium. (laughs) So um, at the end of the day, I don't know that I'll be traveling, but definitely want to find a watch party here or watch it at my house and, you know, that kind of thing. So,
0: All right. Well, it looks like it's time to... Uh, rotate you out of this podcast episode um, so we can let Jared see more minutes here. <laughs> Get some minutes here in the match. <laughs> Yeah,
1: so, Come on, Jared, take it home. Score those goals.
0: Yeah. So l- let's go ahead and uh, wait till the referee whistles, <laughs> blows the whistle now, right? To allow the rotation to happen. Exactly. Um, and uh, you guys will hear it right now. Yeah, there it is.
1: All right. I'm out. The crowd goes wild for the substitution. All right, Luis.
0: All right. Thanks for joining us, Sharon. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking Sunday about Monterey.
1: Okay. Take care of you. Welcome home again. Welcome. Thanks. (laughs) All right.
0: So getting rotated into this episode, as I mentioned, Jared, how's it going, man?
2: Well, it's going alright. Uh doing as good as I can on a Monday. It's uh can't really complain too much. Things could be worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh Mondays, yeah. Nothing can surprise us on a Monday, right? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I want to hear if you have any glosses of gratitude uh so we can get those mentioned. Well, I do want to give a
2: gloss of gratitude to a uh, Southwest Airlines. Uh they are giving me uh a possibility of potentially uh, augmenting my uh, Florida trip in, in September. I'm still trying to work the kinks out on that, but uh, you now worst comes worst. I just keep the schedule as is and just uh, do Orlando for a couple of days.
0: That's cool. Well, hopefully they're able to help you out with that. Uh, I mean, I know it's Labor Day week, and uh, as we we're talking right, if anyone wants to go before that, it's like you got the whole weekend plus Labor Day and you could be around the area for for much longer or heck, even go to Louisville City, right? And (laughs) watch the game on Saturday and then get a flight to Florida uh, afterwards too. So maybe follow the team.
2: Mm, I'll have to see. I'll have to see how much uh, points are for uh, for Louisville. Uh, Originally, what I was kind of kicking around is maybe going into Miami uh, Sunday and then staying there for a couple days and then to Orlando, but... uh, the Louisville City, I'll, I'll have to explore that idea.
0: Yeah, I know a couple of people are doing it, too. I think uh, Sharon was uh, thinking about it, too, but I don't know if uh, she'll end up uh, actually doing that trip. Uh, I, I hear it's a little bit pricey to fly into Louisville, so <laughs> unfortunately, there's that. Well, Jared, we talked about uh, the the last two games, and there's a two game pod here—the uh, New Mexico game and the uh, RGV game. But I want to hear your thoughts on New Mexico game. Uh, what were your overall thoughts?
2: Yeah, that was definitely a hard fought match there. Uh, I mean, we you know tried uh, tried our best to jump on the game early, but uh, yeah, I mean, New Mexico is definitely not uh, going away quietly. Uh, I mean, we we've uh, tried to. Uh, maneuver as best as we can on that uh, baseball field of theirs, which uh, I've already got some, uh, how can I put it this way, have some uh, opinions on the status of that field. I mean, given the fact that the Oakland A's play on a better uh, baseball diamond than that, but uh, somehow, you know, we we managed to uh, get the win and that's got us even closer to them now and then the other match uh, against RGB. I mean, that would have been a great chance for us to jump ahead of uh, New Mexico, but uh, once again, that was a, a hard-fought match. I mean, you really didn't see a whole lot of give from either side. Thankfully, we got better on our possession, that percentage. We actually ended up 51-49 to 49 in our favor, whereas the past few matches, we have been losing the, the possession battle, but at least Roro managed to pull up in the uh, save a point for us so could have been worse could, it could have been losing so it's the best way to think of it
0: yeah uh, I know what we gave our words on <laughs> on the field earlier in an episode but I really do think that New Mexico needs their own stadium right because in that match from what I hear they brought close to 9500 people or around that range uh, and for a Wednesday game that that's something else I mean, very few USL teams can pull that off. Uh, and even just in general, get that many people to your uh, stadium, even on a weekend day. Right. So uh, I definitely think that they deserve to have it and not play in a a stadium that is a baseball stadium as well. Right. Well,
2: it's in uh, New Mexico's defense, uh, because of that baseball stadium, they are the attendance leader in the USL championship, uh, given the, uh, the capacity for for minor league baseball so it's it's just like with nippert stadium with the fc cincinnati a few years ago when they were in the league uh because of that uh, large capacity they ended up uh if not selling it out coming uh, close to it uh, as far as uh republic fc we're not doing too bad either i mean we're the third largest selling in the usl championship second in the western conference so we're not doing too bad either but uh Yeah, I'm sure New Mexico would definitely uh, be better off leaps and bounds by getting a uh, soccer-specific stadium. But, of course, that costs money. And uh, New Mexico isn't exactly flush with money, uh, that last I've checked.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully down the road they're able to uh, do that because, you know, New Mexico doesn't have that many sports, and a lot of people definitely follow uh, New Mexico United, right, because of that same reason that – they don't really have uh, too many professional options to choose from. So I do definitely think that they have uh, a leading edge right over other teams that might have other options around uh, their city. So um that's, but that that was really impressive to see them bring that many people uh, t- to that match and RGB wise. Yeah. R- Roro came through as, as he typically does, right. Uh, when uh, we need him to come by and, you know, he was rotated into the game and uh, really made, a difference and heck we were close to even potentially winning right scoring two goals in like what three minutes if you recall we had a good opportunity there uh even just a minute or two after that one
2: yeah there were definitely some good opportunities uh once we got the ball you know once we actually got possessions i mean in the second half i mean we definitely had our chances and unfortunately they just did not go our way. I mean, we, it's not as bad as last year, a couple of years ago, anything like that. I mean, we are actually creating the opportunities, and on some of them, they actually score. This one, you know, these ones, they're probably just off by inches or centimeters. I mean, had it been at the right spot, the right the uh, English level or strength level, anything like that, then then yeah, it could have easily been two one, three one, anything like that. But you know, it, it, it's all it's all about the science, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing about this team that I think I've noticed uh, a couple of times this season where, you know, we tie a game and it's like the team is driven to get that second goal and happen at New Mexico, happen at Monterey and a couple other instances there. But, Mm -hmm. you know, all it takes is just tying a match and then you're going to get more opportunities. It's just like you said, in this match, the tying goal came, uh, you know, a little bit later on, right close to the end of the game. That. But have we been given, I want to say at least five more minutes, I think we end up uh winning the match and getting those three points.
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh, just a matter of time. You know, ultimately we 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 will get the win. Um I mean, thankfully we got it in New Mexico. Uh and now they've been on a bit of a slide because uh, they they actually lost against Miami, thus why the importance of us getting the win on Saturday, but uh unfortunately falling short.
0: Yeah, and, and luckily, you know, we, we still have a game in hand uh, compared to New Mexico, right? So just one point away. So um, we get the tie in the next game, and, uh, you know, we would be just tied there with them. I think we would still technically be in fifth place. Uh, but if we win, you know, we, we go above them. So it, it was a critical win to get in New Mexico. And, you know, not now we just have to keep on going, you know, continue to get these uh, really critical points. And I think, you know, we could be in the top three, no, no problem at the end of the season.
2: Absolutely. I mean, this is definitely a great push to, to a top four finish. And of course, once again, I, I don't want us getting the number one seat because I still believe that number one seed is a curse. I don't care if it gives us a week off in the playoffs. I have seen too many times where the number one seed has been taken out too easily. But if we can get a, a top four finish, I'd be happy with fourth. I mean, that'd be great because at least this way we host at least one playoff game and we get to play a team that, uh, you know, is obviously lower than us. But still, let's keep pushing for that top four finish.
0: Yeah, that, that's true, right? I mean, if we look at last season, Orange County was second place in what was our Western Conference-specific uh, division. And they only had 52 points, whereas, you know, the overall first Tampa Bay had seventy-one points, and that was, was a big difference, right? But at the end of the day, the final uh, they they made it count, and you know, it didn't matter that Tampa Bay was uh, first overall. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll be
2: kind of touching up, uh, revisiting uh, Orange County later on in the episode.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, great, glad to hear that. Well, before we actually get to that, uh, we talked about our podcast winter dinner contest earlier in the episode, uh, where. Myself and uh, Sharon actually got a point. Uh, you're still sitting at five points, but we're going to be offering more points. And final for the Open Cup, we're going to get creative with it and figure out how to <laughs> offer additional points for that game. Uh, but yes. I want to hear your predictions for uh, the game this Saturday at Monterey. Monterey has
2: really toughened up since our last match uh, in, in June. So it's this is going to be a little difficult to say. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the old standby, 2-1, uh, Republic win. Uh, first goal, I am going to say, I'm, I'm going to say Zico. Forget it. I, I'm going to say Zico for the first goal. And if he's not uh, playing, then I am going to go with uh, Malik Foster.
0: All right. Well, Fa- Foster knows how to score in Monterey, right? He got the brace, so might as well get another one and you get the hat trick uh, among two games. That would be, that'd be really cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the the return of Doctor Malik Foster, D.M.D. Yeah, <laughs> for, for all my AEW listen, listeners out there.
0: Uh, you know, it's kind of funny that you gave the two one prediction because uh, Sharon and I also said two one. So I think that that's a first in this contest oh. that we all say the same, <laughs> the same score. But but you gave different uh, goal scores, so. That, that's that's your differential there. But yeah, this is first time.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, we'll see how it goes Saturday. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, the boys deserve some rest. I mean, especially with playing as many matches as they have in, in the past 14 or so days.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, it's going to get more intense. Right. In, in the upcoming games, too, because after they play Monterey, they're back home right against Colorado going to be a tough game Colorado being up there in the table as, as it was uh, when we played over there at Colorado, but now we don't have any altitude there. So that's great. And then they got to travel to Las Vegas, the following game, uh, then uh, go back home to play against Oakland and then travel to Kentucky. Right. And then you got the, the cup game. So they have a lot, a lot of traveling and just a a lot of games are going to be really difficult because lights Oakland they're trying to get into that you know playoff zone and trying to uh, up their chances of being able to be there so you're not going to have an easy game going on right
2: yeah and even and even in Colorado uh I mean what what happened to them I mean granted yes in July we lost them three nothing but then they turn around uh this past weekend and lose the lose the Phoenix for nothing <laughs> uh, I, I actually I think that might have been uh Last week, my, my, my apologies, because uh, last week they beat uh, Colorado Springs 4 nothing out in Chandler. And then this past week, um, uh, Phoenix actually drew with Las Vegas uh, 0-0. So Las Vegas actually got their first ever point in Arizona. So that's a little bit of history on that.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, we've been seeing all kinds of results that are just unpredictable, right? So uh, might as well let us get a good result at home against colorado for that game and uh, you know just keep moving up and i think it's going to be a really critical game too if we want to get to that top three position because colorado's right there but if you happen to you know get get two wins consecutively in these next two games uh you could potentially find yourself actually being right there above colorado right because they're they've got one more game than we do you get the win in the next game against Monterey you're at 40 points you're just one point underneath them so playing against them is going to mean either you get to the top three spot or you kind of see your uh top three spot kind of getting away from you so that's going to be a really intense game should we get uh the the three points or even if we just get one point we'll just be three points away from them and we could tie them so it's it's a really interesting, I think, end of the season for us, right? And in, in these uh, couple matches we have from here on to the end because we're going to be playing against teams that are up there, right? San Antonio again, San Diego, Colorado, as I mentioned, Las Vegas is coming up. All those teams are around us. So we're in for quite a closing uh, of the season. And then, you know, on top of that, you got the cup final. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, lots going on.
2: Yeah, that Louisville match is definitely going to be a tough one. Uh, I mean, granted, they they definitely gave uh, Phoenix a run for their money, even though they uh, ended up tying in the uh, USL Summer Showcase uh, earlier this month. Uh, But uh, it's it's still going to be interesting uh, having the team go all the way uh, to Kentucky for that that match. I mean, we're taking on a team that uh, a few years ago was – First team to win back to back USL championship titles. I mean, they're they're still a great team, so this is definitely going to be a a great challenge uh, for Republic. Uh, you know, a good tune up for uh, taking on Orlando a few days later.
0: Yeah, and once again, like I've said in the past too. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be coach and trying to figure out what do we do for that game. Uh, I mean, I personally, when we play against Louisville, I, I would just have a lot of the rotation players start. Don't risk any injuries because you got a cup final just a couple of days after. And on top of that, they still have to, you know, travel to Florida, get acclimated to the humidity. And I know how it was because I was uh, in that temperature last week. So uh, a lot that has to be thought out and and whatnot. So it's going to be something else. But, I mean, it's going to be exciting games um, from here on till the the final of the season uh, between league and, and cup. So really looking forward to them. I'm really looking forward to this one, too. I know you kind of gave us uh, a hint as to what it would be about. But can you go ahead and let us know what your USL Unsolved Mystery is uh, for tonight?
2: All right. So we've got uh, we got a and not necessarily twofer, but we've got a, a double extra large USL Unsolved Mysteries. In fact, this is possibly the first USL slash MLS Unsolved Mysteries. Now, to give some folks uh, some background, and some of you probably might have already heard about this story last week, uh, but the, the city of Irvine uh, apparently was in talks with uh, L.A. Galaxy in regard to uh, the L.A. Galaxy 2's uh, potential agreement for exclusive use of Great Championship Soccer Park, uh, here in, uh, further known as Great Park, uh, for, for ease and speed, uh, apparently, this was slipped into the city council meeting that was supposed to happen uh, to, uh, at, at the time of recording uh, this coming Tuesday night. Now, behind that agreement, what what would have happened is uh, City of Irvine would have granted a LA Galaxy 2 exclusive use of the Great Park, which right now is occupied by three clubs, uh, Orange County SC and County United Strikers, and then the third team... Uh, which is actually even a, a smaller uh, division, uh, FC Golden State Sports. Now, of course, with word of this, uh, soccer social media got wind of it, and they let the city council have it. In fact, uh, I've been looking through the fan-based USL Discord in regards to some of the latest uh, drama on this, Uh County Line Coalition, which I believe is one of these supporter groups for Orange County, received a response from council member Tammy Kim. Uh, basically, her, her, compl- her complaint was stating that, quote, as it's been explained, this is uh, this is due to current operational model where the city provides priority access to the stadium, not only to the Orange County Soccer Club, but to United Strikers FC and FC Golden State's uh, Golden State's Force. Also, pulling from field time is the fact that the turf requires a recovery time of about ninety days. End quote. Uh, what's kind of mysterious about that? And if if you've gone to Great Park as well in, in the past, you'll know that along with the main uh, soccer field, it's surrounded by multiple soccer fields. So if they're co- if they're complaining that there's a lack of community uh, group access, uh, how? Because there are numerous soccer fields that can be used at the same time that the main one's being used. If, the, if that's the complaint now, later on, uh, there, there was yet another update. Someone had actually received a response from council member Kim's office and it gave a ra- rather uh, peculiar tone to it that states quote, the city manager's office informed me that this item has been removed from tomorrow's city council agenda. No further information was given at this time. End quote. "so now for some reason that discussion is no longer on the Irvine city council meeting which is pr- pretty convenient and looking even further LA Galaxy spoke further on it stating uh, but, quote LA Galaxy are not interested in an exclusive arrangement for LA Galaxy to play at great uh, championship uh, soccer park End quote so now it seems that uh, LA Galaxy has caught a case of the uh, "f around and find out, if you will. But why, in the first place, LA Galaxy, the, possibly one of the richest teams in the MLS, with wide resources across Southern California, why is it they choose Irvine and only Irvine to put LA Galaxy 2 in, a club that, You'd be lucky to get 50 people in the stands if they let people in the stands. I mean, I, I know I'm a Republic fan and Orange County has has been on our ass match-wise, but we got to stand for for Orange County. We cannot put up with MLS uh, trying to just snuff away USL championship clubs because if it happens to Orange County, I mean, the same thing could happen to us. I mean, what, what if San Jose decides, oh, we want put, to put our... Uh, earthquakes too at hard Health Park I mean and wants to stop them so why so why is it that Amos is being so specific at Irvine you've got other cities around I mean you've got L- LA you have Carson you have quite a number of other nearby counties and if you're g- if you're not even going to open up the matches uh, to the fans just have it at, at, at a college uh, stadium. I mean, that's what a lot, a lot of the uh, USL clubs do. I mean, look at Monterey. They, sh- they share the campus with uh, CSU Monterey Bay. Uh, or- Oklahoma City, uh, when they- when they were playing, uh, they've been playing at a high school stadium. So what was the real motive behind LA Galaxy uh, with this arrangement? And why is it that city of Irvine wanted to try to slip it in the back door to get this ar- ar- uh, this agreement passed? Does uh City of Irvine forget that people that soccer fans live in Irvine too, that they have access to the internet and obviously have the ability to get mass word out about this? Because that's what happened. City of Irvine, LA Galaxy, thought they were slick. They got caught with their with their pants down. So why is why is the galaxy doing this? I mean, is it greed? Is because they 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 think they can do anything. What's up, Galaxy? Do I need to call your daddy from up north? Do I need to call Luis Felipe? Have him come down and give you a talk? I mean, because if y'all need it, I'll I'll do it. I I will find my connection. I will have your daddy come down to L.A. and have a stern talk with you. I will do it. I don't give a flying fornicate. It will happen.
0: That's quite a mystery, right? Because my first thing would be like MLS is trying to show that they have power, right? That they could, you know, make things happen wherever they want things to happen, right? Just like you said, right? They could choose to say like, okay, we're going to play in Hard Hill Park, we're going to negotiate an exclusivity deal with Cal Expo and we're going to have our uh, two team there. And if that's what they're trying to do, just to show the USL like, hey, we're still around then, you know, I think that's just more motivation for us so come September 7th to show MLS like, hey, we beat you on the pitch, right? It doesn't matter how much influence you have outside on the pitch where, where we can actually prove that. We proved it. Right. So, uh, and we've already done it, right. We already beat three teams out and, and all that. So one would wonder if MLS is, you know, a bit worried about that. Right. And how it places the league, right. To know that we beat three other teams. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Right. Well, what might be going on there, but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm glad they got rid of it and they got awareness of it.
2: <laughs> and, and it's, and it's convenient that this happened, uh, The week following after we beat Sporting in Kansas City, making it three MLS teams that that USL team has bought. So now LA Galaxy, who is one of those three, they want to get revenge on USL and and pull this. It ain't happening.
0: Yeah, there's got to be something else behind that, too, because like you said, right, I mean, Southern California is big on stadiums right i mean there's no shortage of venues <laughs> to play at and and not just that right but los dos has already got a place they play at right they, they don't even play um at, at the main stadium right where la galaxy plays right they don't play at dignity health they play at a pitch that's right next to the stadium right that i'm not sure the uh, university uses it or, or who else uses it but They have that and like you said they don't pull in people to say oh we want a bigger venue or a venue that just has more options for us to have food right and all that so yeah there's something else uh that you know goes with that and i'm sure they i mean they they know the venue pretty well right i mean la galaxy did be uh orange county in the cup um earlier in the year and then they had to actually travel down to Irvine.
2: Yeah, and Councilmember Kim's uh, main complaint was is that her office ha- had received complaints from community groups saying uh, uh, citing the lack of access. Supposedly, if this agreement with uh, LA Galaxy Two had gone through, it would have been it would have apparently meant more access for community groups. But I, like I said, the, the surrounding surrounding the stadium, there are multiple fields that can be used at the same time. I mean, it's it's not that difficult. So Councilmember Kim's uh, excuses do not hold any water. And I'm sure a lot of folks, both uh, Orange County fans, supporter group, or just like you and I, folks you know, on the outside looking in, can agree that this does not sound right. It does not smell right. So hopefully LA Galaxy is saying that they're not looking for exclusivity and want to look for other venues. Hopefully that'll be the end of it. but. As you and I know when it comes to MLS and drama, it could be just the beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we it's just MLS trying to show uh power that they have. And you know, it, it's the reason why I'm just so glad that the two teams are gonna be out of USL, right? Because for the longest time, I think they felt like if we want to start a two-team, we could join USL, they're gonna take us because we're MLS, and the fact that now they're deciding to leave and we're not going to have any trace of <laughs> of MLS two teams in the USL is uh, going to be really great. I think for the league, um, you know, take them out, bring in some new teams and uh, let's make sure that everyone is independent because I, I myself, I've never been a fan of the MLS model, right? Where the league takes control of all the teams. They, they move players like you're swapping Pokemon cards with your friend in the 90s. <laughs> like it's really sad what they do right and so even fans of different teams can't really get too attached to their players because one season they might be in one team and heck even halfway through the season all of a sudden they're with another team as well right and it's like you know that's that's not great i'm not a fan of it i I wish they operate more like the premier league where all the teams are independent and you know teams sell to other teams and if you want to get a player then you negotiate directly with them and it's not the league negotiating on your behalf like it's well uh any any last words before we end this show tonight
2: well i do want to give a uh, congratulations to of
0: course uh, Rodrigo Lopez for
2: becoming the Republic FC all-time leader in assists uh, back on saturday so so awesome to see that i, I uh, broke the uh, the record so now he had it before and then lost it. Now he's got it back again. So who knows, maybe this season he might uh, get closer and closer to the Cameron Watson's goal record. It'd be great to see.
0: Yeah, it would be really great. And, you know, I think that's, that's all he really needs, right. Is to, (laughs) to get that record as well. And, and just continue to like, just impress us week by week and all the things that he does. And uh, why not even also get the top goal scorer for the open cup, Right. I mean, he is right now uh, tied at, at four goals with uh, Lucky from Tampa Bay, which, you know, of course, they're not around uh, at the moment in the cup anymore. So uh, he could get it right. He could get us a goal yeah. or hopefully none of the Orlando City top goal scorers score a goal. And he'll technically get it, even though he's tied with another player um, for top goal scorer of the cup. And it, I think it's very well deserved you know, cause he, he does a lot for the team. And I, I mean, I, I never get tired of saying that. I'm impressed that, you know, his level of play and, you know, we're going to see him one more year and, you know, we'll have to ask him when we interview him, if, you know, he, he's just planning on retiring next season, but man, th- this season has been one, one for the history books for him already. I, it doesn't matter what happens, like assist leader and, you know, he's given us a lot of memorable moments, right. Just to add on to all the things that he's done. So, um, yeah, but we're definitely going to be trying to interview him before the cup final, uh, no guarantees, but we're going to be working with the team and seeing if, uh, we can have him on to, uh, say some words about that game. And, you know, we could just hear more about all, all the different moments that have happened, uh, thus far this season. And, you know, also, I, I think, uh Sherry wanted to bring this up. I forgot to bring it up earlier too, but we're going to be trying to start um, a, a campaign of sorts to try and get him uh, in the hall of fame in downtown Sacramento. Right. And heck get him a statue as well. Uh, the guy deserves a statue. I don't know where they'll put it because, you know, we might not be at Harrell park for too much more longer, but heck if they could put it somewhere at Cal Expo, I think it would be really great. Right. Being that the stadium is there, even if, you know, we happen to, uh, Move to downtown uh, next year or in two years. Um, it, it would be great, but definitely if they do make that new stadium, he's gotta have some sort of, uh, you know, statue recognition somewhere in that stadium. And I have no doubt that that will be that'll be somewhere. I have
2: an idea as far as the statue, even if it's uh, temporary. Given the fact that Roro scored a header uh, this past weekend. You know how they have the uh, California letters in front of the main gate at Cal Expo. We could temporarily move the, the letter I out from there and have a, a statue of Roro with a header. So that way you have a lower lowercase I and he's dotting and the soccer is soccer ball is dotting the I.
0: I mean, oh, how, how awesome yeah. would that be? Yeah, that, that would be awesome if if they make that happen. Because technically that would pay homage to
2: him uh, growing up in Santa Barbara and also representing uh, Sacramento uh, during the state fair. Because obviously that is, you know, where the California state fair is held and it uh, honors all of California during that time. So that way it serves dual purpose.
0: Yeah. And, and not to mention, too, I mean, he scored the winning penalty kick during the state fair right so he, he's in state for history too right so oh yeah, yeah absolutely awesome well thanks jared for uh, hopping on here and for you know rotating with sharon here also thanks to sharon for uh joining us as, as the starter in this episode <laughs> uh, and thank you so much to everyone who supports the show who listens to our uh, show watches the live shows and and all that uh, we really appreciate you and Uh, We hope you join us for our next episode, uh, which will be uh, posted sometime, possibly next Sunday or uh, early uh, Monday, uh, as we talk about uh, this Saturday's game at Monterey and how things went. So uh, for now, everyone, have a good night or morning whenever you might be listening to us. And uh, we'll see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast.
2: Have a good evening, everybody.
0: And since Sharon's not here, I'll have to say cue the music. Um, Actually, if you want, I'll I'll just insert this at the end, as usual, then, I think. Uh, I'll just, I'll figure out how substitution, oh, no, I'll figure out how rotations are going to work here on on the episode, and we we might see you, like, be rotated in and then out in the same match. Uh, We're going to bend the the rules of the game here for... (laughs) Oh, I see.
1: So, so once I'm rotated out, I can re-enter because it's like college. So this <laughs> is like college ball, where you know you're not restricted or youth uh, <laughs> soccer. The rules are, you know, you can re-enter once you're subbed out. Oh, I see what you're saying, Louise. Yeah. Okay. Or, or
0: uh, indoor soccer rules too, right?
1: Sure, yeah. Good. Pre-subbing, <laughs> subbing on the fly. Yeah, somebody just ran out and the next person just ran in at the same time. What's <laughs>
0: like that? You know, Luis Saldana couldn't really do much, right? I mean, those shots are really strong as much as it's going to expose. Carlos you just, Saldana. Uh... Oh, you're right. What am I saying? Oh, because <laughs> you said Luis Felipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, say that again. It was right to the spot where Carlos Saldana couldn't get to it. Okay, say that again.
0: I'm just going to cut off Carl, uh, Luis and <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to cut off Luis and just say Saldaña too. It'll be a quick edit there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm mixing Luis Felipe and I'm yeah. going to be saying Carlos Felipe in next watch
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have all these new players, you know, thanks to Luis Urbano. We've got all these new players. It's this mashup.
0: It's good, um, right? They get injured but, or you could have the best of both, right? <laughs> there
1: you go.